Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Everybody, welcome back to the Real Food Real Conversations podcast. This is episode 51, and I am super excited to talk with our guest today, Donna. We are going to be talking about mindfulness and how this is something that actually goes beyond just sitting on a mat and being in yoga class and the benefits and um, how you could do it and bring it into your life. But first, I want Donna to tell a little bit about herself, what she does. I so love everything she does. I'm so excited for her to share it with you today. Oh, thank you so much. I am honored to be here. So thank you. Um, I am a registered nurse by training. I've been in healthcare for, wow, nearly 20 years now. And it has been quite rewarding. I started at the bedside and I've moved up through the ranks in a hospital and now a chief quality officer. But my passion, what, and also it was brought up from my years in the hospital is to really empower, inspire, motivate women in particular to live healthy lives Um, because I've seen the effects of chronic diseases like diabetes type two and heart disease people suffering from strokes and heart attacks. And so many of those diseases are indeed preventable, preventable with a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle. So you can't have one without the other, right? So it's about how do you really show up in um, a healthy way, mind, body, and spirit. Uh, So that is why I created and developed a company called Revolution Health Style, right? Because we want to evolve. And it's all about, again, the lifestyle, or as I call it, the health style. Uh, So I coach women uh, to really look deep within, use those mindfulness practices that we're going to talk about, and so that they can create their their best healthy life. So that's a little bit about it. Well, and like you said, it's mind, body, and spirit. It's not just about Mm -hmm. the food that you put into your body. It's so much more than just the food. I mean, the food is one piece of that and one part of that foundation, but you can put all the healthy food into your body that you want. But if you have the chronic stress, Mm -hmm. that doesn't do anything for you, right? Like, I mean, it's part of these diseases. I mean, our, I just, I, um, love that you said that we align Donna and I align so much in our in what we we believe in um, with mind body and spirit and I too like I've never been a nurse or registered nurse I mean I was pre-med in college because I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician Um, but I kind of my life kind of changed and pivoted but it still has always focused around the person as a whole I've always just kind of believed that and Um, through my own health and wellness journey, I've had two pivotal moments in my life that has really contributed to how I believe and things that I've done that have helped me through. Yeah, like you, right? Again, we do align so much because like you, I had a few times in my life where I said, hmm, I need to make a change, right? This is my opportunity to shift, Uh, there was one time where I was really in pain. Um, I was suffering from plantar fasciitis. And so for those of you who are not aware, it's an inflammation of your feet. And sometimes people will get it in just one foot, but I had it in both of my feet. And so my my feet were so inflamed that it was really difficult for me to walk. Um, And there was so much pain. And there was one point where I just kind of hit rock bottom because I woke up in the morning And when I went to get out of bed, I fell to my knees because my feet hurt so bad. And yes, there were a number of contributing factors, right? So I had very flat feet. I was a runner and I didn't stretch after I ran half marathons. Um, So I know I wasn't doing myself, I was doing myself a disservice in many ways, but I also attribute much of it to my diet. And that was when I decided, you know what, I am going to 
adopt a plant-based diet. And that has totally changed my life. Um, so I am an advocate of plant-based and I'm also a yoga instructor. So I am all about spending time on the mat um, and meditating. And like you said, it doesn't matter. You can have the best diet. You can be plant-based all day long. But if you have a lot of stress in your life, or if you are in an unhealthy relationship or have unhealthy relationships with your family or friends, or if you're unfulfilled in your career, um, then those are definitely contributing factors to an unhealthy life. A hundred percent. I mean, I so agree with you. It does. I've had, you know, instances in the past with, um, toxic relationships that I've had to learn to let go that, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was hard to let that go, but oh, it, sure. it, it changed light my life. Um, I also went through, well, my, I went, I struggled to have children when I was, um, when I was newly married, we struggled for about three years. We went through multiple rounds of in vitro and I was finally able to get pregnant after round four, but that came with, you know, of course the, you know, modern medicine and fertility specialists, mm-hmm. but it also mm-hmm. came from me making some changes in um, my lifestyle and also through some um, work with a holistic nutritionist who goes beyond mm-hmm. typical modern medicine um, mm-hmm. to help. And that was the first time I realized how, the life around me can affect a health goal of mine, which was to have kids. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I mean, I'm not old, but I'm not, you know, super young either. I um, am turning 44 in July, but I went through, um, I went through early onset menopause um, short, like shortly after my forties is when it really started peaking. Um, Mm -hmm. And within that early onset menopause came extreme anxiety. And I was having like panic attacks, like all day, every day. And, you Mm -hmm. know, my doctor put me on anxiety medication to help curtail those. But a month into that, the side effects were just unbearable, like I couldn't do it. And so Mm -hmm. that's when I started seeing um, a functional medicine MD who really through, you know, through yes, the holistic stuff, but also through yoga and um, mind and meditation is really Mm -hmm. how I was able to start kind of controlling that minus the meds. And I, I needed the meds to start, but I, I I knew I couldn't be on those long-term because of the side effects they gave me personally. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to get out. So I just was one of those people that thought, Oh, yoga meditation, that's for Mm -hmm. hippies. And (laughs) really? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I just realized that like it a hundred percent is for everybody. And I just was really saw when I truly was able to stick with it. Cause it's not an overnight fix. It's not like a med that like a That's week right. later, you're feeling great. I mean, it That's takes right. work. It takes time, it takes right? Practice. Absolutely. It definitely takes practice and a willingness to be open, to keep going. Right. Yes. Um, so that you can ultimately uh, reap all of the benefits that yoga, a yoga practice has to offer. That's interesting that you say that uh, initially you thought, you know, when you thought of yoga, you thought of it's for hippies. I grew up in a very religious home, uh, Pentecostal, and my mother always thought that yoga was a religion. And especially when she would hear practitioners speaking what she said, a different language, right? Which is the Sanskrit. And so, you know, we couldn't really learn about yoga because that's not in line with what we believe in. And it wasn't until I moved out uh, after college, moved to California and went to a yoga class. And after the class, I just said, wow, I needed that. I really needed that. But I couldn't define at that time what that was, (laughs) but I kept going because I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling, but whatever it is, I like it and I feel so much better. So I kept going and kept going. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, 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 that, that makes like that totally, I get that. I get, cause you don't Mm -hmm. know what it is, but there's something that you feel after that you're like, huh? there's like a calm, there's like, I don't know, I can't even put it into words today either. Mm -hmm. I just know that Mm -hmm. 
now I know when I need it. And mm-hmm. I'm very big in fitness. You know, I used to, I laugh because I used to be what I call myself a cardio whore. I used to be like cardio, 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 boot camps, you know, mm-hmm. this, this, this. And then yeah. I finally, as I started getting older and I, I, you know, was in that perimenopause that I did not realize I was in at the time because I had my third child, um, what they call later in life, which is so ridiculous, but I had mm-hmm. him when I was 38. Um, and that's kind of when all my hormones started going wacky with perimenopause, but we assumed that it was just postpartum. Um, Mm -hmm. I, that is when I started yoga and I realized that yoga can actually be an amazing workout because there's so many different types of yoga and that's the great thing. Yeah. It's a great thing about it is that if you want a good sweat, Oh, it'll give you a good sweat, but if you want Yeah. And if you want like a chill, there's also that kind of yoga. So I laugh now when people tell me, oh, I don't like yoga. And I'm like, well, which one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's a great question because there are so many types of yoga, just like you said, and every yoga instructor is different, truly. Oh, so truly. everyone's style is different. So every time someone comes to my class, I said, listen, I want you to come with an open mind. I'm glad that you're here. But just know that there are other classes that you can take. And I encourage you to take them because you may benefit from all of the classes or maybe just one because we all have our preference. So it's really important. And I think, too, I for me personally, depending on what I need in the moment and what I need in the day, it depends on what class I do. Sometimes I want like a good hardcore power yoga because I'm in that mode where I need to like be pushed and. I need the energy and sometimes I'm just so stressed out and I need to relieve tension and I do like a flow of, you know, of some sort. And Mm -hmm. it just depends. Um, It really just depends. And that's kind of when we were talking about mindfulness behind the yoga mat, I, this is kind of what I want to discuss a lot is that when you're on a yoga mat, I had a yoga teacher once tell me that yoga is practice for real life. So when you're on that yoga mat and you're in a position that is hard for you and you give up and you give up, that's like sometimes what happens in life where when something gets hard, you give up. So in the yoga mat, we're practicing like approaching it differently, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and practicing those real life things on the mat in a safe space so that when you're out in life, you can take what you learned and actually use it. Yeah. And And that's a challenge, right? That's a challenge for many people because when you're in a yoga class, you're in a room full of like-minded people. You all have the same goal. You all have on your cute little yoga clothes and you're trying your best to get into these poses and you're focused, you're concentrating. And then the minute you walk out of that room, is when reality hits, right? So whether you're getting into your car and then, you know, someone cuts you off, you know, are you still in that moment? Are you still zen and aware of how you are responding? You know, when you go to work, are you still showing up the same way you showed up in that yoga class? Are you still focusing on your breath? That's the real work right? Off yes. the mat. We all, it's, it can, it can be easy, yeah. if you will, when you put it in perspective, right? It can be easy when you're in the room, but the work happens once you, once you leave the mat. Yeah. And I, you know, I actually, I think that me going through that period of um, menopause, I'm actually postmenopausal now and so happy to be done. But when I was <laughs> going through that period of um, that anxiety, um, the hot flashes, all that stuff, I actually was forced to put these practices and mindfulness into my life out of necessity. And that is what helped me, you know, and I, of course I'm not perfect and I don't do it all the time. I mean, I literally Mm -hmm. just, just lost it on my kids after I told them to do something 85 times and they still hadn't. So (laughs) it's, you know, it's not a perfect science and and nobody, I I believe in mindfulness is actually a continuum and something you're, you're constantly going up and back on. And there's not really an end goal when it comes to mindfulness. And when it comes to overall wellness, it's just, you know, but I was forced to really practice this out of necessity because I 
could not take medication anymore and mm-hmm. I wanted to feel better. And so like, you know, most people, when your, your hand is forced, you do something. Um, mm-hmm. So for those listening, I think sometimes people like aren't a hundred percent sure what exactly mindfulness is. Um, and I, they confuse it. I feel like is mindfulness, you know, is it meditation? Is it yoga? Mm-hmm. What is it? What it, can you explain to everybody? What is mindfulness? Yeah, well, when I think of mindfulness, I think of it as a broad term, right? Because like we said, it's not just when you are practicing on your yoga mat. It really just is an awareness that typically arises from paying attention uh, when you're living on purpose and being present in the moment and doing it in a non-judgmental way. Right. So at any point in time, you are feeling curious about something. At that point of curiosity, you're thinking, hmm, I wonder, I wonder about this. And that in and of itself is mindfulness. Because again, you are focused, you're paying attention, you're open. And um, that can be done while you are, again, on the mat. But I think what we're going to talk about is even at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, when you're having your lunch, when you are eating your meal, that is also a time in which you can be mindful, right? Because the same principles apply in terms of being focused, paying attention, being purposeful and being non-judgmental. And don't, don't you feel like in today's world of technology that we are being conditioned to actually be the opposite of mindful because we're eating while we scroll our phone. We're brushing, I mean, brushing our teeth. I mean, everything you're doing. I mean, we have a law that you can't text and drive. Clearly that comes from many, many issues with people on their device while they're driving. And that is the complete opposite of mindfulness. Oh yeah. It makes it that much more difficult right? Because we're always thinking about the next thing, whether it be the next thing that we have to do, or we wanting to know uh, who responded to our recent post, uh, how many likes did we get, or that next email um, that you were anticipating, did they email me back? We have all of those thoughts racing through our mind. And it seems as if, oh, I'm sitting down, I'm having my dinner, you have a moment to breathe and you're like, I can multitask. Especially us as women. I mean, yes. we have been women. I, I just, as a woman, like I literally had this conversation today with my husband is, and my husband's an amazing father. He does a ton, you know, he really is involved and does a ton, but the reality of the everyday life is I'm running my business here at home. I'm also helping school the kids. I'm shuttling from them from place to place. And he does baseball in the afternoons and whatever, but the peak workday is a lot on my plate. And I lose it from time to time because it just piles up. And I struggle with that, that concept of, yes, it's easier for me to just take care of it all. But at the same time, as women, we need to take a step back and say, I know you expect me to do this, but I am not a superhuman and it is actually not good for me. So please, you know, help. And that's like almost looked down upon that we can't do it all. I mean, we have to set boundaries, right? And that is a core element of self-love. In order for us to give to ourselves and show ourselves appreciation for our own being, is that we have to set boundaries. We have to be able to use our voice and say, no, not at this time, or ask for help. It's it's essential for us to get through because we all have so much going on. And the last thing we want to do is break. We don't want to break down, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We don't want to. A hundred percent. And also like as, um, as like a mom to my kids, There are times where I look at my kids and I say, you know what? No, I'm putting myself first right now because I also need to eat lunch. I also need to take a breather. I also need to, you are not always the center of the universe. And as, 
as mothers sometimes like you know you're made to feel guilty that you don't do, put everything aside for your kids and at the same time it's like what is that teaching them what that's teaching them that they get everything right away they are the ones that are center of the universe and that's just not real life you know and we matter too we're humans that's true and they are going to remember these times they're going to remember the times when you said you know what i need to take a moment for myself they may not remember it right now or tomorrow right but they will remember and they are going to then um because right now you are modeling what it means to love yourself and so they're going to think back as they get older Oh yeah, my mommy used to do that. Oh yeah, I, I need to do that too. So uh, I say kudos to you. And I have three sons. So I mm-hmm. also want my sons to, to see a powerful, strong woman and know that one day, if it's a woman they decide to marry, that they, and if they have daughters one day, that supporting them in a role of power and strength is, is wonderful and okay. It's women can do it too. So I, I struggle between that as well as, you know, people say, oh, you're raising boys, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, any parent that has to show um, a model for a daughter, a mom that needs to show a model for a daughter, that same mom that has boys needs to show that model for a son too, because they may one day have a wife or a daughter. And Absolutely. we need to teach Amen. them that. And yeah. And even in the workplace, right. Yeah. Um, they are going to be around women, no matter what yes. they do, right. Yeah. In life, uh, whether it be at college, high school, what, at any point in time in their life, they are going to be around women and you are modeling what they are to do when they're around them and how they're supposed to treat and respect women. Right. By yes. giving them their space. Well, <laughs> when they need and, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, um, and also just humans in general, you know, we're, we're living in a culture today that yes. we are breaking barriers on um, who can do what. And I want my sons to see that, that all people have the same opportunities and rights and, and, and abilities to do it all and to be power people. And, you know, they're one, they're one unit in this world. And, I want to help them create their own mindful practice as well. And that, you know, as they're going through life that, you know, non-judgmental being in the moment, like all those things are so important for, you know, women, men, everybody. Yeah. The root is compassion, right? Right. So when we're thinking about mindfulness and awareness and non-judgment and all of that, it all just boils down to just being compassionate. And so not just compassionate to one gender or one race, but no, compassion for all. And compassion for yourself as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, When I was a teacher, I actually um, had one rule in my class. I only had one and my rule was respect. And I, I explained to the kids, I was a first grade teacher. And also um, half my career, I was a first grade teacher and half my career, I was a special education teacher. And the pillar of respect was really the only thing I had because I I explained to them that that actually goes for every rule. You know, if someone's talking, you're not respecting them. If you interrupt, um, if you know, you're disrespectful to some, if you're, you know, say something mean to somebody, if you, you make fun of them, that's not respectful. Um, it's also not respectful for yourself. If you don't stand up for yourself when someone's doing that to you, it's not Mm -hmm. respectful for your teacher not to raise your hand. So all the, all, all the rules in class really just came back to one, which is respect. And it, this is what yes. this reminds me of is that there's one thing, it's compassion. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I was, um, I actually, so I was a teacher turned, uh, I retired, quote unquote, retired from teaching when I had all my kids um, because my husband traveled for work and it was just way too challenging. Um, so then my business was kind of, you know, built from came after that. But one of the things I also did is I um, was a, I'm a certified health and wellness coach. And the reason one of the things I really got into reading was this whole the whole section on mindfulness and um, the pillars of mindfulness. And what are the pillars? It's, it's not just the idea of mindfulness, but there are some specific things and pillars that mindfulness rests on, um, like the main 
things that we think about. And I think you said some of them was, um, one of them was non-judgment. Um, what about, what are some of the other ones? So being purposeful um, and really being curious and being present. When I think of pillars of mindfulness, those are all the things that I come back to. I love the curiosity one too. I think that's one that mm -hmm. um, is, um, it's kind of a little bit, you know, people would be like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean curious? Mm -hmm. And explain the curiosity a little bit. Yeah. So when I think of being curious, right, when you are curious, think about children, right? They are some curious little beings, right? They ask yep. lots of questions yep. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're just intrigued. They're fascinated. And so as adults, when we are speaking in terms of mindfulness, it is the same way. So being curious about how do I feel right now? How am I making someone else feel right now, right? So that's that self-awareness and being uh, aware enough to be okay with it, right? With the answer. Because as you, as one advances um, through this journey of life, um, particularly with mindfulness, uh, we have to do some self-reflection and it's not always a pretty picture, right? We're not always like, looking at ourselves in the mirror and thinking that we're perfect, we have things that we can work on, right? And always, as a human always. Being, yeah, and wanting to grow and become a better person, not only for ourselves, but for everyone else around us, it takes an eye of curiosity to get there. Yes, it does. Because mm -hmm. you have, like you said, you have to be okay with the answer. And some of these answers you may not, um, you may not like. And I mean, mm -hmm. I think too, like I think about myself when, when the beginning of this whole, I uh, went, you know, COVID thing just started the first two weeks of my kids being home full time. Cause at that time, no schools were open. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that I could do it all. I'm running my business. I'm schooling my kids. I'm doing the mm -hmm. food I'm doing. And I literally, after that two weeks had an incredible meltdown and mm -hmm. I, I had to ask myself like, I, you know, what's happening. And part of the thing I had, part of the thing I had to realize was that I, I can't do it all. And I had to be okay with that. And I had to turn to my oh. husband and say, we need a plan because I can't go on like mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you're a powerful woman and you have drive to tell yourself, I, I can't do it all. But guess what? You used your power, right? So in yeah. that moment, you indeed were powerful. You were at the, at the highest high because you said to yourself, hmm, let me take a step back. Let me look at what is going on. Is this what I want for my life? Is this the life that I want for my family? And you said, no, this is not what I want. So we, are, we need to pivot and we need to do something different. That is a woman who's standing in her power right there. And that is, I mean, I, it, it's, I keep telling myself that, but it's hard, you know, it's hard because society mm -hmm. puts so much pressure on us to do it all. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like a constant, it's a constant thing for, I think all of us, as we move through that, um, that, that mindfulness, you know, continuum of working mm -hmm. on everything. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you said before about at the dinner table. That's one thing about uh, mindfully eating. That's kind of a big thing yeah. for me too. And um, I think that's a, a little bit of a shift I see online with like, you know, intuitive eating, mindfulness when you're eating all these things, instead of just shoveling food down, what does it look like to be eating mindfully? Yeah. So a, a lot of people, when they think of mindful eating, they think, oh, am I, do I just have to sit at the table in silence by myself and not? talk and put down the fork every time I have something in my mouth and just wait and chew 20 times. I mean, that's what my mother used to tell me. She said, Donna, you eat too fast. Stop eating so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but when I think of mindful eating, I think about it really starts at the grocery store or maybe even before that, maybe with the planning, right? When you're creating that grocery list, uh, to prepare to go to the grocery store, right? So 
one way that, and I think we both agree, one way to be successful in adopting this plant-based lifestyle is planning, right? Yeah. Um, so it's really easy to go to the grocery store and you're hungry and you're just putting all sorts of things in your cart. But when you go with a mindful mindset, you are more thoughtful about where, where you start in the store and you're more thoughtful about what you indeed put in your basket and you buy. Yeah. Um, so really focusing on, uh, you know, what is going to serve my family, right? What is going to serve our health? Is it the fruits and vegetables, right? That look oh so good and are oh so colorful. Um, is it meat in the produce section? Whatever that is for you and your family, I think it's really important to be thoughtful about what you are preparing or what you intend to prepare. And then going home, it starts when you are preparing those meals. Um, and sometimes, you know, preparing meals for myself, and I think for many people, can be a form of meditation, right? Yes. I like to be in the kitchen by myself. You know, my family members will ask me, do you want any help? Oh, no, thank you. Because I really enjoy, uh, re you know, the time that I'm putting into chopping up the onions, chopping up my peppers, um, yeah. because I, I want to put love into this, right? And this is how I show my family that one way, obviously, that I show my family that I truly love them because I care about how I present this meal to them and then I can serve them, right? Um, then when we're at the table eating, right? Like you mentioned earlier, Let's rid ourselves of the distractions. Let's put the devices, the tablets, the Kindles, the phones away, right? Because we're not sitting at the table for an hour. Right? So it's not that right. long. I yeah. think we can take 20, 30, maybe even 40, however long it takes to say, you know what? It's, I'm going to put my devices on a timeout here. And I'm just going to focus. And you can do that whether you're eating by yourself or if you're eating with your family. If you're eating by yourself, it's a time to reflect. Um, it's a time to really taste and enjoy those foods, right? Using all five senses. So tasting, hearing the crunches. Um, and I know it may sound a little woo-woo, like seriously, but we all like crunchy foods, right? <laughs> We I love crunchy food. foods. Yes, right? <laughs> I it's do. It's very satisfying. Um, and if we're using, you know, again, all five senses, looking at the food, the textures, feeling those different textures, especially when you have the opportunity to try something new, maybe something you haven't had before or something you haven't had in a really long time. Oh, I kind of missed this, right? When you're distracted, uh, you go so quickly and you're really not focused on the foods um, and you're, you're enjoying it to an extent, right? But it can be much more enjoyable if, again, we rid ourselves of those distractions. So I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I was going to say, I totally agree with you. Like, it's such, it's such a good point that why not make it more enjoyable, right? I mean, why wouldn't you want something to be more enjoyable? Yes. Yeah. And that's quality time, right? For you as an individual or with you and your family. Um, and if you want to establish, you know, so sometimes you need a substitution right? or you need a yes. replacement because it's one thing to say, okay, now I don't have my phone. I usually scroll. Now what am I going to do? Right. Just sit in silence that may be very uncomfortable for you. If you're willing to try it, I say, go for it. Yes, absolutely. But is there something else that you could do? Um, maybe write a journal entry, you know, if you're eating by yourself, or maybe write a thank you card to someone to express your gratitude. Or maybe I, you know, at our dinner table, uh, we always talk about 
three things that we are grateful for. So we do a round table and everyone says the three things. We ask questions about those three things. And then when we're finished with our dinner, we have a jar that stays on the table and we have post-its and we write down uh, what we stated that we were grateful for and we put it in the in our gratitude jar. Um, and that's something because again, we were used to having the television on and we were used to kind of listening in even though the television was in the other room we would you know our ears would be perked to what was on there or we would have our devices and we're scrolling and posting and all of that uh, so I would say find something else that you could do that really fuels you right that makes you feel good or makes others feel good I love that. And we definitely um, are a family when we sit down at the dinner table, TVs are off, um, devices are gone. And um, we do not, um, we even, you know, my husband and I, we put it down and we talk about, you know, we ask the kids, like the kids that went to school that day, like, how was your day? What did you do? Um, and we, I actually love um, my, our son's third grade teacher. My oldest son had her last year and my second son has her this year. She's just the bee's knees when it comes to teachers. Their um, holiday gift for the families is actually, um, they call it a jam jar. And it's just oh, cool. a, you know, a jar, you know, a, whatever, mm -hmm. um, a glass jar. And each kid gets to put a topic for discussion into the jar. Oh, so love that. yes, and you do like most kids do like two or three topics. And so this jar is filled with all these topics. And when you're having dinner, you can take one out and you can say the topic and then you go around and you answer that. So it could be as silly as, you know, it can yeah. be something simple, like your favorite, you know, whatever, or it can be um, something silly, but it's, it's awesome. I love that idea. I love that because, you know, it's, people like to talk about their day, you know, what happened during your day, but it's so nice to be able to add a little twist to it. Right. And yes, the yes. unknown of what is on the, what is written on that little piece of paper in the jar. So I love that idea. I think I'm going to have to steal that one, Sophia. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, I just love that my son's teacher does that as a gift. You know, it's like you get so many and I, you know, the cute homemade bowls and whatnot. Fine. Those are cute, but this is something that like we, just use. And it's just the cutest idea for, it's a cute idea for like anybody. I mean, even if it's for the holidays as a family, you create it for like other family members. I mean, our, I, I can't stand like getting all the stuff, you know, there's so much our kids get and have, and of course, you know, my kids need the toys and stuff, but it gets to a point where it's just too much and I don't want them anymore. And so things like this are just, I think are just so much more meaningful and, you know, it's just, it's just fun. It's a, it's a great inexpensive way to, sh to give somebody a really cool gift. Yeah. In addition, you're creating memories, right? right? You are creating memories. And as the kids get older, you all may not remember exactly what was written on that post-it, but you'll remember how you all felt right? Remember when we used to do blah, blah, blah at dinner time? Oh, that was so fun. Yeah. Totally. Gonna remember that. And the other thing about mindful eating, I actually had an interview with um, somebody about just the topic of mindfully eating. And it also really goes back to the science of understanding the, the body cues. So like when we're eating and not paying attention, we will miss that cue of, uh, I've actually done or I'm, you know, finished, but I might still be hungry or, you know, just those cues of being able to regulate yourself when it comes to eating. And I think part of the issue in our country today and part of the obesity issue and part is just losing those bodily cues with technology, with life, with the busyness, with instant everything. We're being really disconnected with our body and the way I like to describe it um, is that we have, um, you know, like a pipe connects our brain to our body and that pipe is clogged with so many things. And sometimes we need to take a step back and kind of reset those pipes and clear it all out so we can hear what our body is telling us again. And when you're eating mindfully, when you're sitting there and enjoying the food, you're able to really understand when perhaps you're full, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. not, it's, you don't have to finish what's on your plate. 
you're right. It takes 20 minutes for your stomach to signal your brain that it's full, right? Uh, so with mindful eating, as you're taking your time, you're using all five senses, right? Not only are you feeling the textures of the food, but you're also scanning your body and you're able to pay attention, as you've mentioned, to the cues that your body is giving you to say, I think I've had enough. I think I'm satisfied, right? And again, starting at the grocery store will determine what ends up on your plate. If you have a good balance of carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and all the other micronutrients, then I'm certain you are have a you're, you're fulfilled enough where you don't have to go back for seconds necessarily, depending on the size of your plate. And if you do go back for seconds, that's okay too, right? Because right, if right. your body is saying, I need more, then satisfy your body, right? Satisfy your body. Um, o- only you can determine what is best for you, right? Exactly. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I have, I have, you know, obviously three kids and my, my, kids are all different types of eaters. My oldest son eats a ton. He's also super active. But one thing we tell him is, you know, like last night we had tacos and he had four tacos and he wanted more. And I said, well, why don't we drink some water and Mm -hmm. let's make sure that we actually want more. And if you're still hungry, of course, let's eat more. Um, Or maybe let's, you know, maybe you can have some fruit or maybe you can have, you know, some veggies and hummus. Or if you're still hungry after you take a breather. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we don't, you know, allow yeah. our, our brains to catch up. That's right. That's right. Cause we do eat fast. I am guilty of it. Like I said, my mother used to always tell me that I eat so fast and I still do. So I have to ensure that I am self-aware, right? I have to be yes. very open-minded because I can scarf down some food really quickly. Um, and then for me, I overeat. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so bloated. Oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I'm sleepy. Right? Totally. <laughs> All the effects of overeating. Um, and if I had just slowed down, I would have been just as satisfied. Right? Yes, exactly. And, and that's what I kind of want to share because my husband eats really, really fast too. And my oldest son mm-hmm. kind of got it from him. And that's part of why we sit down at the dinner table and say, you know, <laughs> before anybody gets anything else, we're all going to finish what we have or until, you know, most of us are full or whatever. Sure. But we're we're going to be mindful of not only ourselves, but also of all of us and especially mom and dad who have taken the time to give you a plate first. <laughs> we're going to sit down after you guys, once we serve ourselves and you have to be mindful and respectful of our eating as well. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just about you. Um, That's a big part of it. It is a big part of it for sure. In terms of habits, right? Or routines. So you've established in your home a routine that works for you all, right? And at the end, everyone is still very satisfied. Yes. I mean, and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's taken work. I mean, my husband is, he, he loves hot food. Like that's a thing. He was, he's one of four children and he's the youngest. So I think- I personally think that growing up, he, he probably got the food by the time he got to it, cause he was the youngest that it was not super hot. So I think now he has this obsession with hot food. Cause he, <laughs> he, he maybe didn't get it all the time. I don't know. Sure. He, just, he loves, he loves his food hot, nice. you know? <laughs> so what are some other ways that we can all um, work on mindfulness in our lives? What are some other things that we can do to bring it you know, into our everyday life? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about yoga Um, and yoga. You don't have to just go to a yoga class, right? Or stream a yoga class online and do it in your home. Uh, Yoga can be just breathing, right? So taking a few minutes throughout your day, whether it be one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, sitting on the side of your bed, sitting in your office chair, um, wherever you're most comfortable in a very safe place where you can just close your eyes and just breathe, right? Listening to your breath. Um, Another way that you can be mindful, again, is you can do a formal meditation. And I I call it formal because, uh, you know, I 
sit on my yoga pillow and I turn on music and I really set the ambiance, right? So I plug in my diffuser so it can smell really good. Um, uh, I love really it. Setting, I, I, I love doing that, but I know that I don't always have the time to do that. Um, and journaling is amazing. Um, and I, I don't necessarily like to journal uh, you know, at night before I go to bed, because then I'll probably, I, I tend to write the things that I'm just not so pleased with, <laughs> as opposed to what I'm grateful for, um, and all the positive things. So that form of journaling for me doesn't work, but I know it works for a lot of people. Um, so that is one way I tend to just simply like to write down three to five things that I'm grateful for. Um, as I mentioned, we do, uh, during dinner, and uh, we keep that jar for the entire year. And then on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, we take all of the notes out and we read them all. I love that. Yeah. Um, so we can reflect on how, how our year went. Uh, so those are just a few ways that I really think you can really uh, weave mindfulness into your um, day-to-day right? Um, And then I think really sharing with other people what you are doing in terms of mindfulness. And uh, if you're, again, you're self-aware, you're not only aware of self, but you're aware of your surroundings. And people may need that little bit of encouragement, support, that compassion, right? So you can extend that to them And that to me is a form of mindfulness, right? Us supporting one another. I just think that's awesome because also when we don't talk about it, like, like I said, you know, to me at the very beginning, I used to think like, oh, that's just for hippies. But if we don't talk about it and, and don't share, we, we aren't able to find those people that maybe we, you know, most connect with and see, oh, they're doing that. Maybe that could be something. I would be interested in as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'd be surprised, right? How just sparking up a conversation and just sharing, right? And that is really that sharing could mean you're in a, a, a place of vulnerability because you don't know how they're going to respond to what you're saying. You don't know if they're going to say, oh, that's some old hippie stuff, <laughs> you know, yep. or oh, yep. that's not that's not, that doesn't align with my religion, right? You don't know what they're going to say, but if you stand in your own truth and you know what works for you, uh, then you have the courage to share that with them and you never know, it could benefit them in so many ways. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Starting with breath, man, it's just, again, and it doesn't have to be you know, hold the breath for 20 seconds and then till you pass out. It's nothing like that, but just a a very conscious, thoughtful inhale and exhale. I mean, it's not often that we pay attention to that because thankfully our bodies do that automatically, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But if you begin to focus, right, which is how when you're on your mat, it's something that you can practice really focusing on that. Um, and then hopefully you're able to take those skills with you as you go through your day to day, as we talked about earlier. Well, and the breathe, breathing too has actually helped me a lot when, um, if I have trouble sleeping, just laying there and, and listening to the sound of my own breath, like focusing on, on the sound of it going in and out, it lulls me to sleep and calms me so well. Um, Because if I don't focus on that, I have one of those active brains that I'll start thinking about all these things. And then you go down this rabbit hole and you're actually, you know, rallying yourself up versus trying to calm yourself. And so sometimes I'll just tell myself, okay, I'm going to focus on my breath, like, and that's it. And, you know, allowing the thoughts that come in and like, you know, they say in yoga, like, you know, allowing those thoughts to come in and you can be conscious of them, but kind of just pushing them back away and letting them just kind of go by and really Mm -hmm. staying focused on that breath to help keep you in that moment of where you want to be. Yeah. It's unfortunate because a lot of people do think that, oh, in order for me to meditate, I have to, 
uh, rid my mind of all thoughts. I can't think about anything. And then people get frustrated because they start thinking about their shopping list. They start thinking about what they have to do and they get discouraged. Uh, But again, being self-aware, yeah, you may think, oh, I need to go to the grocery store after this. And then you're like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me just come back to my thoughts. Let me come back to my breath. And that is okay. And you're right. There's so much research to support uh, the benefits of mindfulness, right? It does indeed reduce stress. It, It reduces depression, anxiety, just overall distress. And then the outcome is improvement in the quality of your life. Truly. And so many um, chronic disease, chronic diseases are also associated with inflammation that, that it, you know, stress can cause inflammation. So if we, if we go back to the, the core of things and we, you know, yes, changing the eating habits, changing the movement, you know, where you're get up and move. um, But also so many doctors even forget that stress aspect of your mental health. Um, What can we do? Can we bring in a mindfulness practice and take five minutes, even every morning, you know, to just, you know, deep breathe and to reduce that chronic stress? Because so many people, especially right now, we have chronic stress that like we can't control and we can't stop, but we can control our reaction to it. Right. So. Yes, indeed. I mean, we have more power than I think a lot of us actually realize, right? Because we get bombarded with everything that's happening externally, as opposed to looking within, being mindful, being self-aware of controlling what we can control, and ultimately just being grateful for what we do have, right? Because, you know, it's really easy to do, especially when we're living in this place where we call, we say it's not normal, right? It's not normal for us to live in a pandemic. What is this? Yeah. (laughs) And it's easy to get very frustrated and overwhelmed and rightfully so, right? But at some point we have to say, okay, I'm here today. I'm healthy today. And I can accept today as it is, and we will get through this. And it's also important for us to realize that mindfulness doesn't mean you never break down. Mindfulness doesn't mean you never, you know, get upset and cry. And part of it is just, I'm going to actually allow myself to cry today. I'm just going to allow myself to cry and cuddle up with a book and, and be present with my feelings because so, so much of this world is like, push away your feelings, you know, like get over it, you know, be strong, get, get past it. And how do you get past it? If you don't allow your body to process it at all. Yeah. We have to give ourselves permission. I agree with you. You have to give yourself permission to be okay with where you are right now. We don't want to get stuck. Right. Right. But it's okay to honor those feelings that you have. I'm overwhelmed. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm going to sit with this for however long, hopefully not too long. And then, okay, I'm going to come up with a plan. I'm going to strategize on how I can either do things differently or how I respond differently. And the goal is to, again, continue to grow and improve and ultimately learn from those lessons. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, it's an interesting, um, I, so I had, I lost my, um, you know, I call him my best furry friend. I had uh, a cat for over 20 years um, and I lost him at the end of January. And I had been dreading that day for really the last like five years because he lived a very, very long time. And I had him before I knew my husband, before I had my kids. And he's been there with me mm-hmm. through every part of my life. And as somebody who has anxiety type tendencies, like, you know, every mm-hmm. time, like having him in my lap and even just the act of petting him used to always call me. And I, I think back and I truly, truly feel that mm-hmm. we were v- very connected. Like he was, and I were very connected. Like I understood when 
I could tell something was off and he knew when something was off with me. Mm -hmm. And I just believe that he waited to let go. Yeah. Until I was in a position like mentally to be able to, to like process this feelings because five years ago, I, I mean, no, and I still tear up whenever I talked about him and, you know, I still like have that loss in me, but five years ago, I, I would have had a very hard time processing it. And, and it wasn't that it wasn't devastating to lose him because it was, but I feel like he knew that I have gotten to a point with my mental health and, you know, my mindfulness practice and all that, that, that I could process. And it was true. Like when, you know, when I lost him, like it was, I needed my time to just allow myself the feelings and to just stay in my, you know, stay in my bed and read my book and watch my mindless shows before I was ready to kind of just kind of come out a little bit. And, and it just, I knew what I needed. And it's just (laughs) interesting, because it's so true when you when you learn to work on your mindful practice, you are able to process things in such an easier way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so sorry to hear about your little baby. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, I have one too. So his, his time is coming. So I'm like, oh gosh, I, I, I don't look forward to that. But yeah. they you know, are very special. They are. And it's it was challenging. But, you know, he, I, I just, he was just, ama- he was an amazing animal. You know, 20 years, people are like, wait, what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, well, let's give people some, I want, you know, from a mindfulness um practitioner, you know, I'd love for you to give people some tips. If someone's listening, it's like, gosh, you know, I I need this. I really need to do it. What are some tips that you can give for people that are starting, you know, from the beginning? Mm -hmm. In terms of mindfulness, um, I would just start again with the breath. It's really important um, because it will take you a long way through your mindfulness process. Right. So simply starting with the breath. So uh, if, if you have not uh, adopted a mindfulness practice or you're new to just exploring mindfulness, I really encourage you just to take one minute, commit to one minute to say, you know what, I'm going to take this one minute for myself. I'm going to close my eyes and I am just going to listen to my breath and I'm going to feel my body and I'm going to be present in this moment. Just one minute. And over time, it will evolve. If you're able to uh, attend a yoga class or uh, whether it be at a local gym or there's so many online subscriptions or if you're interested in a private session, I offer those. Um, so you can reach out to me if uh, adopting a yoga practice. And like Sophia mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, that you don't have to necessarily go to a yoga class that you're going to get nice and sweaty unless you want to, right? Because there are all sorts of different uh, forms of, of yoga. So I would start there. And as you start there, it will evolve into you looking deep within, doing some self-reflection, really paying attention to, again, how you show up in the world, how you respond to people, how you um, consider other people's feelings, right? So the goal, obviously, in this effort to be our best selves and our best healthy selves. We want to be non-judgmental and just curious, curious about life, curious about things that we may not know too much about, but having that spirit of learning uh, about others as well as yourself. Wow. It's so beneficial um, again to living a healthy life. And there's so many benefits just to doing those simple practices. So we talked about reducing stress and depression, anxiety, 
some research even says it improves your memory. And we talked a lot about that focus and concentration, right? That is cultivated by simply taking a breath. So that is where I would start. In terms of mindful eating, really begin to think about the process, right? If you are cooking at home, then it starts when you are at home and you say, I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to buy this food. It starts there. So it starts with the planning. Then as you go to the grocery store, it starts where when you are putting food into your cart, being very thoughtful. Remember, don't go to the grocery store hungry. <laughs> and then how you prepare your food, right? Love that process. And a lot of people may say, you know what? I don't like to cook. And that's okay. That's okay too. Because you can still eat mindfully whether or not you prepare the food or not. So when that food is on your table, begin to develop uh, new habits or new routines so that you don't need your devices. You don't need your work, right? Because a lot of us bring our work home with us. Some of us, we are working from home. And so that can in and of itself be a distraction. But really focusing on how you feel while you are eating, the textures of the food, the smells of the food, the crunch, right? The taste. Um, are you exploring new things, new, new spices, new textures? I love trying new things because it. Uh, it opens your mind, right? And then it gives you something to talk about uh, to other people. And you can say, oh my gosh, guess what? I tried this new dish and it was so good. Or I tried this new food item, whatever it was. It was so good or it wasn't so good. And I won't try it again. And that's okay too, because we all have our preferences. Totally. Yeah. I love that. I, I actually was, I read a book once that, um, funny enough that um, it said, one way to start practicing being present and in the moment is, which is so funny, is when you brush your teeth, that two minutes you're brushing your teeth, focus on the act of brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we all brush our teeth twice a day. So mm -hmm. right there, if you focus right when you're brushing your teeth on just that, no device, no TV, on just brushing your teeth, you're practicing mindfulness twice in a day, just right there. Yeah, I think we do it more than we think. We just don't label it as such. Right. Right. Because it does. It takes, and I love that example because it takes focus to put the toothpaste on your toothbrush. Right. <laughs> because if you're not yeah. focused, then it's not going to go on the toothbrush. Right. Right. So you are, you're focused on that moment. If you add some water, great. And then you begin to brush your teeth. And you're thinking about, oh, did I get the inside? Did I get the outside? Did I get the top row? Did I get the bottom row? You are being very thoughtful. You're present in that moment. So that is a great example. I love that. I just, I don't know. I just, I think everybody can benefit. And the example that you gave about um, planning, I actually, that's funny that you say that because I have a um, meal systems course that um, I, um, that I, you know, have created and I call it a meal systems because of the fact that sometimes when you call it a meal plan, a plan is almost something that you can fail at, whereas a system is something you create that can mm -hmm. move with your ongoing life. And part, sure. of my meal, part of my meal systems course is going to the grocery store prepared because I have actually done the research. Um, I did I did multiple times where I went without a list. And when I went with a list, num number one, I saved so much more money when yes. I was with a list <laughs> mm -hmm. and I wasted so much less food when I had my list and had my system in place and knew what I was doing for the week. Um, but like you said that when you have that list, you can be mindful as to where you're going. You know, you have a a mm. system of going through the grocery store. And I know like when my grocery store, when I walk in, that's where all the produce is. So I'm getting mm -hmm. that first. And then I go around that way. And it, it is being very mindful um, in so many ways when you have some sort of system or plan for your week and what it looks mm -hmm. like. And, and that's like 
when we look at our week, like if my kids, like Tuesdays are crazy for us. We're from like two o'clock until six o'clock with different activities. And so I know on Tuesdays, I'm either doing takeout that day or it's, mm-hmm. I'm making double on Monday so that we can eat on Tuesday. I'm never planning to cook anything on Tuesday. It just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's such a great, um, it, just a great point. Such a great point. Yeah. Well, let's finish off. I just like to do something fun. I, because you're a yoga teacher, I want to know what is your favorite yoga posture? Oh, I love that. Um, I would have to say half moon pose. Ooh. Half moon. So does require some balance, right? Because mm-hmm. you're balancing on one leg and um, fingertips on the floor in front of your foot. And I just feel like I'm in, I'm in space. Right? I feel like my I love body it. is just extended and it's fun because sometimes depending on the day I may not have the best balance and so I may fall out of the pose and I'm okay with it um and I'm able to laugh through it and get back in it but yeah I do I love half moon pose I love that that's so awesome um Mm -hmm. awesome well thank you so much for being here today and sharing all your awesome knowledge. I just, just think this is going to be so helpful for so many people, especially where we are right now in life. I just appreciate it. Well, thank you, Sophia. I really appreciate you. And I think I love this podcast and I I appreciate again, this opportunity. And I certainly know that uh, you are doing the right thing. You are saving lives Um, and I love that we have a chance to work together. So thank you. And, oh, thank you. Um, and everyone listening, I really hope that you are able to even give yourself a couple of minutes every day to just, you know, take a breath and, you know, decompress and be present in the moment. Um, thank you for listening. I so appreciate every single one of you and make sure you tune in next time because next episode, we're going to be talking to um, another guest all about um, food waste solutions. And that's just another way to contribute to the world. So thank you for being here.